In Corinthians 4, he describes some of that adversity, and he said, and the reason we do not faint or we do not collapse, what keeps you going or what makes you productive, Paul said, what we have, what we have in is the same spirit of faith. He said, that's what we have. He said, I have it, we have it. Now, the spirit of faith uh, simply is a pioneer spirit. The Apostle Paul actually pioneered the gospel in places where it had never been preached before. And so someone said there's three kinds of people. There's pioneers, settlers, and museum keepers. Now, a museum keeper is somebody who's content to dust off the memories of the past. A settler is someone who finds their comfort zone and stops. A pioneer is one who keeps pressing for a new territory. Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind. And I reach and I press for those things that are ahead. So a pioneer spirit, which is a spirit of faith, is constantly pressing for new territory. And number two, a pioneer spirit is one who prepares the way for others to follow them. In other words, that if you're pressing for new territory, that means your best blessings are still ahead of you. Right. So I love what Norman Vincent Peale, not one of my dad's uh, favorite preachers and Norman Vincent Peale wrote the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. Great, great book. Very simple book. The Power of Positive Thinking. And I was talking to a, uh, a man who was on uh, Norman Vincent Peale's uh, director's board and he's actually a billionaire. And so he served on that board and Norman Vincent Peale, he said, well, I said, well, what was Norman like? Because he knew him personally. And he said, well, the problem with Norman is he was just so negative. I thought, well, that's funny. I laughed out loud because he wrote the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. But if you listen to Norman and read that book, or you can listen to it on cassette or CD, actually, he said, uh, Norman said, the most difficult person I've ever had to deal with is myself. Uh, you know, some people say, well, I'm going to move to another state. The problem is, is you just have to take yourself with you. So uh, <laughs> uh, the most difficult person you'll ever have to deal with many times is yourself in the spirit of faith. But Norman Vincent Peale wrote that book, Power of Positive Thinking. He got the manuscript already, sent it off to several book publishers, and every one of them turned him down. Finally, he got so frustrated, just took the manuscript, threw it in the trash. And his wife pulled it out of the trash, sent it to one more book publisher, and it published and sold millions of copies. Some men would never make it if they didn't have a good wife. Amen. And all the women said, amen. amen. All right, now, so Norman Vincent Field, uh, in The Power of Positive Thinking, and it's just a wonderful book, and he said this. He said, uh, they, they asked him when he was 80, because he lived to be around 100 years old. They asked him when he was 80, they said, uh, what was the 10 best years of your life? And Norman Vincent Field said, I have not lived them yet. In other words, at 80, you would think most people were looking back saying these were the best years of my life. Instead, at 80, he had a, a spirit of faith believing his best years were still ahead of him. So I want you to see something about the spirit of faith. Paul here said, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Paul is quoting from the psalmist David. That David said in Psalms 116, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Paul said, we have the same spirit of faith that David had. Simply meaning this, David had the spirit of faith when he was 17. Then Joshua and Caleb had the spirit of faith when they were 80. 
So that means at 17 years old, you can have a spirit of faith and press for those things that are ahead of you and forget those things which are behind. But also at 80 years old, so it doesn't have any particular age, you can maintain a spirit of faith. That spirit of faith is simply, I believe that the best days and best miracles are still ahead of me. That means I believe this year. I believe next year, come on now, I'm preparing, getting ready for something supernatural that is going to happen. And he said, I believe, and therefore I speak. He called that a spirit of faith. Notice the ingredients here in the spirit of faith. He said, I believe, and I speak. Everybody say, I believe, and I speak. That simply means this. The spirit of faith has two main ingredients. Number one, I believe, and number two, I speak. In other words, first of all, as Christians, we are called believers. Everybody say, I'm a believer. That means I'm a believer. That means I'm not a doubter. I'm a believer. So he said, I believe, and then the next thing I do is I speak. That means this, as a believer, you do not have the right to remain silent. I know the police officer said you do, but God said you don't. In other words, when you're a believer, then you also have to speak what you believe. Even the devil don't care what you believe if you'll be quiet about it. Y'all still here. In other words, when you believe God, when you believe in the power of the blood of Jesus, when you believe the word of God, when you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not enough just to believe. You have to also speak. In other words, the spirit of faith has these two main ingredients. Everybody say, I have, we have the same spirit of faith. Amen. I believe and I speak. Notice that he says that's what we have. Notice 2 Timothy 1, 7, before we go on. They, uh, actually, Paul said, said this to Timothy. He said, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. In other words, spirit of faith is just the opposite of spirit of fear. What is a spirit of fear? Anybody know what that is? Well, spirit of fear is really one of the devil's greatest weapons. Actually, in the scripture, there are 365 fear knots. In other words, no matter what you're facing, God says what? Don't be afraid. Fear not. No angel ever showed up from heaven and told anybody, uh, you better be scared right now. No. Every time an angel showed up, what did he say? Fear not. Don't be afraid. In other words, God's on your side. Don't be afraid. So you have to resist fear just like you resist the devil. You actually have to resist doubt just like you resist the devil. Well, what does fear do? Well, fear can paralyze you. No matter how talented you are and no matter how educated you are, if you live with fear, then it will paralyze you and make all your talents useless. So I resist fear. Well, spirit of fear, actually, uh, I bought a book several uh, years ago that listed all the fears, all the fears. Actually, they call them phobias, and they have fancy words for all different kinds of fears. How many different kinds of fears you, you think there are? There are hundreds of different kinds of fears, different kinds of phobias. You know, some, sometimes people are afraid of water. Some people are afraid of elevators. Some people are afraid of enclosed places. Some people are afraid of dentists. Some people are afraid of getting old. Some people are afraid of remaining single. Some people are afraid of getting married. Some people are married are afraid anyhow. But I'm just saying, people have all kinds of fears. And there's hundreds of them. And some of them are irrational, but they absolutely fear can grip you just like that. You can just name, go to the doctor, let him name one disease, and immediately fear will come against your mind. 
Well, to live and to walk with God, we have a spirit of faith. We resist fear. I love what the psalmist David said. He said, uh, the Lord delivered me from all of my fears. Wouldn't that be great to live fearless? That means you wouldn't be worried about anything, right? He delivered me from all. I believe the Lord could deliver you from all of your fears. Well, people have fear of lack, you know, and all kinds of fears, fear of people. And whoo, it's so good to be free from fear, fear of rejection and all kinds of fears, fear of sickness. Come on, all kinds of fear. But they say the number one fear that man has is the fear of death. But the Bible says that Jesus has set us free from the fear of death. So psychologists say the fear of death is the root of all fears. Once you are free from the fear of death, you'll never be afraid of anything else the rest of your life. Go ahead and smile like you ain't scared of nothing. I said smile like you ain't scared of nothing. Amen. In other words, Jesus delivered you from all your fears. Actually, the psalmist David said that though the earth was removed, he said, I would not fear. That's a pretty strong commitment to not be afraid, isn't it? That means you get up in the morning, the earth is gone, and you go, well, anybody got any coffee? In other words, you ain't scared of nothing, the whole earth is gone. So he's committed to be fearless, right? So he said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, sound mind, amen? So he says, we do not have a spirit of fear, but we do have a spirit of faith. In other words, with the spirit of faith, I believe and therefore I speak. I have, Paul said, we have the same spirit of faith. I am a believer. I am not a doubter. I believe and then I lift my voice. I speak what I believe. You say, well, where do feelings fit in? Well, they'll have to show up later. In other words, I'm walking by faith and not by my feelings and not by circumstances. I'm walking by faith. Now, jump over to Mark 11, 22 and 23 real quickly here. And uh, this is simply a faith lesson this morning just to strengthen your faith. Uh, here's what Jesus said in Mark 11, 22, 23, 24. Jesus said, have faith in God. Mark 11, 22. Now, I always like to say you can end a lot of conversations just by saying, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Come on, somebody keeps talking to you about a problem, and you say, have faith in God. I can tell you the way my daddy said it when I left home. He said, there is a God, and I'm not him. All that meant was I'll not be sending you any money. So when he says, when Jesus said to have faith in God, if Jesus were here today, he would still encourage all of us to do what? Have faith in God. So you can imagine Jesus talking to his disciples and telling them to have faith in God. Now, when you see that, Mark eleven twenty two, other translations say, have the faith of God, have the God kind of faith. Or another translation says, lay hold on God's faithfulness. In other words, your faith, our faith, is simply a response to our understanding of God's faithfulness. God has a reputation for being faithful. Great is his faithfulness. That means he's always the same. He is unchanging. He is dependable. He is always the same. That means this. His word is dependable. God is dependable. His Bible actually says God cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. 
Amen? So to trust God. All right, let's try that one more time. <laughs> you know, we always say, in God we trust, all others pay cash. But that, that's what's on the dollar bill, in God we trust. That means somebody say, just trust me. You say, well, in God I trust, but you pay cash. So that means just trusting God. <laughs> He didn't tell you to have faith in people. He told us to have faith in God. He said, well, people have let me down. People have actually disappointed me a lot. Well, you know, join the club. Actually, uh, he never told us to have faith in people, told us to have faith in God, and told us to love people. Y'all still here? So when Jesus said to have faith in God, then you can find several other scriptures that tell you concerning your faith in God, what else you can have faith in, depend on, have confidence in, you can trust in. Are you ready? I have faith in God, but let me throw in this other scripture. Romans 3.25 says we have faith in the blood of Jesus. That means we are dependent upon, we have confidence in, we trust in the blood of Jesus. So if you have faith in the blood of Jesus, then you what? Believe in the power of that blood. And then you what? Speak or you declare the power of that blood. In other words, when you are having faith in God, having faith in the blood, then you would every day make a confession of faith. I believe, I speak, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. I overcome. And there's something supernatural that happens when you dare to lift your voice and say, I believe in the blood of Jesus. You may not even feel forgiven, but the blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all sin, from all unrighteousness. No matter how you feel, you declare, I am forgiven. I am washed. I am cleansed from all unrighteousness. By the blood of Jesus, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You say, but I just don't feel that way. It don't matter how you feel. You believe and you speak. And the feelings will show up later. All right? So I have faith in God. Right? I have faith in the blood of Jesus. And then you can write these scriptures down real quickly here. 1 Corinthians 2, 5 says, we have faith in the power of God. Our faith stands in the power of God. How many of y'all believe in the power of God? All right. Next, we have faith in the name of Jesus, Acts 3.16 and Acts 4.12. His name, the name of Jesus, through faith in his name. That means Jesus is Lord. When you have faith in his name and you lift your voice in the name of Jesus, you believe demons will flee at the power of the name of Jesus. Everybody say, I have faith in the name of Jesus. Are y'all still here? All right. All right. We have faith in God. We have faith in what? The blood of Jesus. We have faith in the name of Jesus. Now write down uh, Hebrews chapter 4. It says this. It says, the word of God did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. That means it's not enough to say, well, I know the Bible is the word of God. You have to say, I have faith in God and I have faith in the word of God. In other words, the word of God, I believe and I speak. The important thing about the word of God is that the word of God literally is a spoken thing, that the word of God came out of God's mouth. You say it came out of what? Actually, we think it came out of God's pen, but it came out of God's mouth. The Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the what? Mouth of God. So that means this, the word of God is a spoken thing. It was spoken before it was written, and it was written so it could be spoken. Are y'all still here? That means if you're going to have faith in God, you're going to believe, then you're going to have to say what God says. All right, let me try this out over here. I said if you're going to believe, then you also have to agree with God and say what you believe. 
I'm, I'm siding in with God. I'm not going to side in against him. I'm just going to agree with him and his word. Amen. So I believe and I speak. I mix faith with the word of God. When you take the word of God and put it in your mouth, we call that mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. That means if you feel like you're passing out, you take the word, put it in your mouth, inhale the faith of God, breathe in the life of God. The word of God literally is God talking to you. Everybody say, I have faith in God. I have faith in the blood of Jesus. I have faith in the name of Jesus. I have faith in the power of God. I have faith in the word of God. Everybody say, I live by faith. I am a believer. Now just laugh for a minute. Ha, 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 ha. Look at somebody and say, you still alive? We're going to have to call an ambulance or what? In other words, there's one church, they said it was so dead that uh, actually somebody died during the service. So they called an ambulance and they took out 12 people before they got the right person. So that means you better look alive or somebody may be carrying you out. Now, when he says we live by faith, we walk by faith, Jesus said to what? Have faith in God. Have faith in who? God. Now, look at Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus is going to make it so simple, you actually need a theologian to get confused about it. All right, look at Mark eleven twenty three. Are you ready? Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, have faith in God. In verse 23, what does he say? How many glad he does not say, you figured it out. <laughs> have faith in God. Lots of luck. No, Jesus said, have faith in God. You figure it out. Jesus is going to tell us exactly how faith works. How many of y'all want to see this? Here's what Jesus said. Verily I say unto you, Jesus said, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. All right, look at verse 24. Therefore, I send you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amazing, isn't it? In other words, what Jesus simply saying, same thing he said to the man in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Actually, the, the man cried out and said, Lord, I believe. Help me get rid of unbelief. <laughs> I know y'all look real spiritual here today, but most of us would say, say the same thing to the Lord. Lord, I believe. Help me get rid of what? Unbelief. Why would he say that? Because unbelief is the thief of God's best blessings. Mm, y'all still with me here? In other words, he said, believe and speak and do not doubt in your heart. What's he saying there? He didn't say don't doubt in your head. How many glad about that? Because doubts will come to our mind. He's just simply saying, do not doubt in your heart. Other translations say, do not entertain doubt. Even though doubt may come against your mind, refuse to entertain it and get the word of God out and allow that word to work on the inside of you. Now listen real close. The whole Bible is not about the subject of faith. But the whole Bible has the capacity to produce faith in whatever area that you need it. In other words, Romans 10, 17, can you find that? Here's what it says. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That means God's word literally is faith food. If some, come on, on Sunday morning, if somebody says, um, get your Bible, let's go to church. And, and you say, well, I can't find it. Uh, well, well, when's the last time you had it? Uh, well, when I came in from church last Sunday. That means you spent seven days without feeding your faith. 
I like what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, many people feed their body three hot meals a day and feed their spirit one cold snack a week and wonder why they're weak in faith. In other words, for your faith to be strong, it's littered in direct proportion to your value and time in the Word of God. That means if you just take some time every morning and open your Bible, the moment you open your Bible and begin to read the Word, faith cometh. In other words, the Word of God is faith food. Right? Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That means this. The Word of God's not all about the subject of faith. But it has the capacity to do what? Produce faith in what? Whatever area that you need it. In other words, that means this. There's faith for salvation. There's faith for healing. There's faith for finances. Are y'all still? Let's try that again. I said there's faith for salvation to know that you have eternal life. Know Jesus is your Lord. There's faith for salvation. There's faith for what? Healing. Did you know there's faith to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Did you know there's also faith for finances? For finances, that means this. Whatever area that you need faith in, find scriptures that tell you that that belongs to you. In other words, the word of God, God said, in my word, he said, I've already, all right, y'all still in there? Second, Second Peter chapter 1, he said, I've already given you all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who's called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto what? Exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature and we escape the corruptions in this world through lust. He said, this word contains everything you need for life and godliness. He said, through this word, you partake of the very life of God. He said, through this word, he said, you have exceeding great and precious promises. Somebody go, wow. Come on, y'all just open your Bible and just go, whoa. Amen. When I was 17 years old, I began to take the word of God more serious because my dad was a pastor, so I had to go to church. And then at 17, I got put in jail. My dad and four deacons had to come get me out of jail. But you know, preacher's kids are bad because they hang out with deacon's kids. So I had to come get out of jail. <laughs> And my dad got me out of jail. When I got out, it would be a good time to start taking God serious. <laughs> so every day after school, I'd tell my mama, I'm going to go to my bedroom, and for one hour, I'm going to spend time in the Word of God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend time in the presence of God and in the Word of God. And when, I, when I'd come out of there, I could just tell the difference of mouth-to-mouth resuscitation from God. It's like I just breathe in the presence of God, breathe in the faith of God. It's amazing how fears will vanish as you feed on the word of God. Amen. All right. So here's what, here's where faith comes from. Where does it come from? Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Literally, when he says hearing and hearing, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing, hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. In other words, faith comes by your ability to pay attention to the word. Or you could say faith comes by listening. Did you know most people are not really that great listeners? Not you here, but probably some other places. People are not that great listeners. Matter of fact, have you ever talked to somebody and you knew while you was talking to them, they really weren't listening? Have you ever talked to somebody and knew while you were talking to them, they were actually thinking about what they were going to say and not listening to what you were saying? How many times does God feel that way? All right, let's try that. I mean, come on, God's trying to tell us something, and we're like, 
There will be something in life that will get your attention. The moment that happens, come on, then you'll start taking the Word of God so serious, you'll say, let's get serious now about the Word of God. The moment you do that, faith, faith cometh. Fear goeth. Expectation comes. Actually, God himself is a faith God. All right? Write down Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Are you ready? Hebrews eleven six. 6. Here's what it says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, I'm not sure who all you're trying to please. May have a list there. But if you want to please God, he said, God's really not that hard to please. All God wants us to do and requires of us is to do what? Have faith or simply to believe him. In other words, Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must what? Believe that he is and that he is a what? Rewarder of those who diligently seek him. <laughs> Everybody go, wow. All right. <laughs> when you come to God, you must what? Believe that he what is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God literally demands faith of us. He requires faith. And to please him, you cannot please God and not know it. In other words, when you and I take steps of faith, it literally gets God's attention. And the moment it pleases God, it opens up the supernatural. Praise the Lord. It's, he's not that hard to please. All he asks you to do is what? Believe. Can you believe? All right. I believe, right? I believe God. I have faith in God. Now, here's what he's saying in Hebrews chapter 11. 20 times in Hebrews 11, he says, by faith. I mean, you can read that in your Bible. You can look it up if you have a King James Version. 20 times he says what? By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith, 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 by faith. 20 times in one chapter. Who decided to write that in there? God did. The Holy Spirit did, right? So, and simply, you say, well, God, how am I ever going to do your will? He says what? By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. How am I ever going to receive your blessing? He says, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. That means you and I at some point must say, I need to understand how this faith stuff works. Because that's not only, come on, the way you're going to receive God's blessing, that's the way you're saved, that's the way you're healed, and that's the way you do the will of God in your life. It's simply by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Woo, are y'all still with me? Now, here's what Smith Wigglesworth said, his book, Ever Increasing Faith. He said, any man can be changed by faith no matter how he may be fettered. Y'all know what the word fettered means, don't you? Fettered means bound. He said, any person can be changed by faith, no matter how they may be bound. That means this, the devil cannot make a bondage that your faith cannot break off of you. Whether it's physical, mental, emotional, financial, family, your faith will move mountains. I said, your faith will change things in your life. All right, go back to Mark eleven twenty three. My time's almost up here. All right, y'all got Mark eleven twenty three. Huh? All right. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, have faith in God. Verse 22, then 23. Jesus said, verily I say unto you that what? Whosoever, whosoever shall what? Say. 
whosoever shall say unto this mountain. I'm not sure why Jesus said mountain. Because we were pretty impressed with the tree. If you read in Mark 11, he had just spoken to a tree. And we're pretty impressed with that. But when he says Mark 11, 23, he says your faith won't just move a tree. He said it will move a mountain. Why did he say mountain? Because anything that looks too big or that looks impossible, he said your faith literally has authority to move that thing out of the way. Or you could say to change the scenery in your life. He said you say to the what? Mountain. What do you say to it? Be removed Woo! and be cast into the sea. Why did he say that? Because you don't just move the mountain to your neighbor's yard. He said that mountain goes into the what? Sea. Why did he say it goes into the sea? Because the sea has the capacity to dissolve the mountain. And the mountain will never come back. And there will be no evidence it was ever there. In other words, when you and I have faith in God, it is mountain moving faith. That means you're facing things right now. Come on, that three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, you'll say, whoo, that thing is gone. It has been removed and I am free and I'm going forward. He said, your faith will do that. In other words, he said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, what's he talking about? He's talking about the authority that every believer has. Every believer. Everybody say, I'm a believer. That means every believer has this kind of authority, authority that is delegated to you, authority that God cannot do for you. That means it's not only available, it is necessary. Let me try that one more time. I said the authority of the believer means God has delegated you this authority. That means, number one, God's not going to do it for you. All right, let me try this out over here. I said, the authority of the believer belongs to every believer. That means it's delegated authority from Jesus to you and means that God's not going to talk to the mountain for you. He said, you have this authority. In other words, your words will give you dominion over demons, over disease, and over circumstances, and mountains will move at your voice. I know your voice may sound different, but I'm going to tell you, your, your voice... <laughs> I said, your voice, no matter what it sounds like, when you have faith in God and lift your voice, it literally reaches all the way up into heaven and gives you authority over devils and demons and disease. But also your voice, it says in the book of Daniel that Michael the angel came and he said, I have come because of your words. That means when you speak the word of God, literally angels ministering spirits, and there's billions of them come and help you and work in your behalf when you dare to lift your voice. When you lift your voice in prayer, when you lift it in praise, when you lift your voice in faith, it opens up the supernatural. All right, let me finish Mark eleven twenty three. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, I know that already. Now. That means sometimes we know things and we don't practice them. Amen? In other words, uh, we just allow the mountain to stay there, the things that look impossible. Here's the way the Lord said it to me. He said, if you knew what was on the other side of your mountain, you would move it. That means there must be something on the other side of that mountain. And that mountain is a hindrance or something that looks impossible standing in my way.
That means the authority that God's given to you and to me as believers, we say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. He said, and it would obey you. And then he says, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you what? Say shall come to pass. You'll have what? Whatsoever you say. Now, when I heard this at 17 years old, I went, oh, well, because well. Dad Hagen came and preached at my dad's church, and he taught on faith so much that I thought he had run out of sermon material. That means this. I didn't realize that Jesus told him, that's your assignment, is go teach my people faith. So when he came to teach at our church, he said this. I was only 17 sitting there. <laughs> Just got out of jail, and he began to teach on faith. Now, I was raised in church, so I knew all the Bible stories. I just didn't know how faith worked. So when he came and taught on the subject of faith, and he said, if you're not happy with what you have in life, check out what you've been saying. Well, I was only 17, and I wasn't happy. I thought, I ain't happy. You know, you don't even have to wait till you're 40 to be unhappy. You actually don't even have to wait till you're married to be unhappy. <laughs> he said, if you're not happy with what you have in life, check out what? What you've been saying. He said, because he shall have whatsoever he says. In other words, your words will set the boundaries and limitations of your life. That means when you and I speak, we must take our words seriously. Actually, the book of Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of your tongue. And we have our little granddaughter here today. Well, she was at our house last night, Macy. And so we were talking, and she said something. And immediately when she said it, we said, now, don't say that ever again. Because children don't understand the power of their words. One of the most important things you can teach your children is to watch their mouth. Teach them how to talk. In other words, if you'll speak words of faith, hope, and love, not just at church, but in your house, those words will change the atmosphere, and those words will actually set the course for your future. Now, don't act like this is going to be just the easiest thing you ever did. Because there's no such thing as unchallenged faith. That means the devil will do everything he can to throw hindrances in your way to try to discourage you. But when you understand the power of the word of God, the power of the blood of Jesus, you say, Lord, I believe and I speak. The moment you believe and speak, and here's the way Dad Hagen explained it to me as a 17-year-old. Here's the way he explained it. He said the door to the supernatural swings on two hinges. I believe and I speak. The door to the supernatural swings on two hinges, I believe and I speak. Or he said it this way, believing and speaking opens the door to the supernatural. That means if you're tired of natural results and you want some supernatural results, you're going to have to believe God, believe the word of God. Come on, act like a believer. And then you're going to have to speak or lift your voice. Lift your voice. In other words, I believe and I say and I have what I say. He said it opens the door to the supernatural. So I thought about that for the last, well, let's see, I'm 62, 40 years. How long? 40-something years. 
How many know some things you think about for 40 years? Look at somebody and say, I'm going to be thinking about this for the next 40 years. That means this. I thought about it. Here's what he said. To please God, to open the door to the supernatural, to the power of God, the blessing of God, I'm going to believe and I'm going to speak. I believe and I speak. So after a few years, I thought, that's amazing. So I imagine a mountain in front of me. And that mountain looks impossible. That mountain is hindering me from the blessing or the will of God for my life. Something that just seems too big, too big for me. Listen, could be physical, could be emotional, could be financial. Seems too big for me. There's that mountain. All right, then I imagine my faith is in who? God. So if I'm going to have faith in God, I'm standing in front of the mountain, and what do I need to do? I need to say Believe, say. That means if I believe and speak, I open the door to the supernatural, and here's the mountain, but my faith is in God. Now listen close. The Lord said to me, never take God out of your faith formula. In other words, you're not just trying to have faith. You're having faith in God's faithfulness. You're having faith in God. So believing and speaking opens the door to the supernatural. So I saw the mountain in Trina's case. She had an inoperable brain tumor. The doctor said she would be paralyzed for the rest of her life in the hospital in intensive care. They took her into surgery. But what happened in that room? I just said to the tumor, you be removed, be dissolved, cast into the sea, and don't ever come back. 20 years ago, the doctor took her into surgery, went into her brain six times, and said, the tumor is gone. We don't know what happened to it. I said, have faith in God. In other words, there is a God. I'm not him. My faith is in God. He's the almighty God. He's a faithful God. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. I have faith in God. Say to the mountain, whatever it is. In other words, when I believe and speak, I open the door to the supernatural. It's not my job to move the mountain. Just my job to open the door. Everybody say, open the door. So if I'm going to open the door, how am I going to do that? Believe, speak, open the door. What am I doing? When I open the door, I say, mountain, I'd like to introduce you to God. I know you may not be impressed with me, but you will be very impressed when God comes through the door that I just opened. In other words, if it's a tumor or if it's sickness, when I believe and speak, I open the door and say, tumor, I'd like for you to meet Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer, and by his stripes, I was healed. If it's a financial problem, I open the door by believing and speaking, and I say, my God supplies all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If it's a mental or emotional problem, I open the door and say, God has not given me a spirit of fear but power and love and a sound mind. Somebody said, well, I think I'm about to go crazy. Don't be talking like that. That's crazy talk. Don't say that when you're under pressure or you're facing uh, confusion or challenges in your life. What are you going to say? I believe and I say, what am I going to say? The Lord is the strength of my life. I will not be afraid. I will not lose my mind. Matter of fact, I'm going to have a sound mind. No matter what you're facing, when you take the word, Believe and speak. It opens the door. 
Jesus said, this is so easy that anybody could do it. He said, anybody could do this. Whosoever, he said, anybody can do this. Because he had just spoken to the tree and they said, Lord, that is very impressive. Jesus said, really, anybody can do that. It won't just work on a tree. It'll work on a mountain. The moment you believe and speak, do you go to salvation? The apostle Paul said, hold fast to your confession of faith. In other words, in the morning, the evening, lift your voice, hold fast, don't turn loose of it, and declare, Jesus is my Lord. The blood has cleansed me. Satan cannot dominate me. Old habits cannot dominate me. Sin cannot dominate me. I lift my voice. Jesus is my Lord. The moment you do that, it opens up the door to the supernatural. And demons start running, and angels start moving, and mountains start getting out of the way. Go ahead and laugh for a minute. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. Amen. Anybody here like to see some mountains get out of your way? Come on, no matter what it is. He said it'll work for whosoever, and it'll work on whatsoever. Amen. Let's say this together so everybody just close your eyes so we're not looking around too much. Everybody say, I have faith in God. I believe God. I have a spirit of faith. I believe and I speak. I am a believer. I am not a doubter. I have faith in God. I have faith in the blood of Jesus, in the mercy of God, the love of God, by the blood of Jesus. I am redeemed. I am cleansed. I have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. God is on my side. I believe and I speak. I have faith in God. I am a believer. I am not a doubter. I say to the mountain, mountain, you get out of my way. Every hindrance, you must be removed. I have faith in God. Mountains are moving now. I boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. I have faith in God. Faith in the power of God. Faith in the name of Jesus. Lord, I believe. Thank you, Lord, for helping me get rid of unbelief. I believe. And mountains move in the name of Jesus. I believe and I speak. I will not be silent. I lift my voice. Now just lift your voice right now and give him thanks. Lord, we give you thanks for the precious blood of Jesus. We lift our voice. Go ahead and do that right where you're at. I don't, you don't have to holler, but just lift your voice. Say, Lord, I thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. I'm washed in the blood, cleansed by the blood. My confession of faith that Jesus is my Lord, that sin cannot dominate me. Satan cannot dominate me. Old habits cannot dominate me. Jesus has set me free. The Lord is my redeemer. I believe and I speak. I thank you, Lord, right now that mountains move. Get out of my way in the name of Jesus. My faith is in God. And I am careful to give the praise and the glory to the Lord Jesus. Now, thank him real loud. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. I'm sorry I went over time. Praise the Lord. That's the introduction to this message.